You're listening to WYDG Gaming Radio. See those sweet, sweet waveforms? Ooh. <sighs> the good stuff. Welcome back, everyone, to AV Underground, the podcast where we talk about what it's like getting going as a content creator. Uh, Watson is finally back in studio with You're us. Right. Welcome back, co-host. Yeah, I missed my missed my second week, but I'm back. I'll make up for it, I promise. We had, well, why did it keep me out? Oh, yeah, jury duty. But I explained in my, if you want to come check out Never Made Varsity, I'll, you'll hear my jury duty there. But let's just say I got placed on a trial and was stuck. Basically, all my scheduling was ruined, and they wouldn't let me out till the justice system wouldn't let me leave till six o'clock. So I had to have it missed was, last. It sounds week. like a long day. Yeah, it was. It was a very emotionally and physically draining day. <laughs> and we are here today, joined in the studio with Jamie, Coffee Hi. and Moose. That would be me. So to start us off, uh, Jamie, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're what you're working on right now, and a little bit about your your background? Uh, I'm trying to start a YouTube channel. I'm trying to become a better vlogger. Uh, better photographer, better cinematographer. Um, it's really hard to get into the field. There's so many people. I know you guys were talking in your last episode how YouTube is saturated, not not saturated, but saturated. It is. It's very, very saturated. There's a lot of it, lot of talent out there. There's a lot of talent. There's also a lot of not so talented. Yeah. It's a lot of just everyone is in there and trying to differentiate yourself without. Mm. Without becoming, you know, Nickelodeon slime gags is is difficult. <laughs> well, it's those people out there that are vlogging and all they're doing is they're talking about the same thing every single episode. They don't change anything. They talk like this. Oh, they talk like this. And you're just wondering what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. I've always been bothered by those channels that start off with what is going on, guys? Or what's up, everyone? <laughs> We've had I mean, yeah, we had this discussion. Was it like... A few weeks because ago. that's kind of how I open my podcast with like it's, how it's an we easy do it. thing to say because that's just how we greet each other. But to me, I was like, why would you ask someone how their day was if you really don't care <laughs> or you're not going to open that conversation, which not to say that if people dropped into the comments and they were like, oh, here's how my day went that I wouldn't respond because I would. Yeah, but I don't know. It just comes off as strange to me. I've had to, I've had those moments, too, where I've dropped into the YouTube comments and I was like, oh, here's how my day is going since you asked. <laughs> and I never got a response, but that was just me being sarcastic. Yeah. I don't know. I feel I feel like kind of like what you're saying, like what there's a lot of people on YouTube who like I feel there's a lot of people on YouTube who are talented and then the rest of the people who think they're as good as the talented people. And I feel like a lot of what the like I don't want to like I hate calling channels bad, but uh, just for lack of better term, the channels that are just starting out and like who don't really know what they're doing. I feel they're missing the human element. I feel like a lot of the bigger channels like just coming off like the like how how's it going like to me like that can come off as genuine if you like really mean it like you said but like sometimes a lot of people say that and they just don't sound human they just sound so no. fake it's that's why all of our podcasts start with uh welcome back to yes yeah it's more of a formal greeting welcome <laughs> welcome to our podcast i hope you enjoy it yeah i would I, I i agree with that but like the thing is like for someone like me like with my pod like this is just going specifically into my podcast like i open i always open my podcast with how we do it because for me it's that's always been the weird thing that i've always said to people i never say how's it going or how's your day for some reason i think it's just like i've always said that how's how we doing how we doing today and people always give me shit for that sometimes so that's why i wanted to use it because <laughs> you know I, like, I, I hope someone gives me shit for this what i always forget and what i actually forgot in this episode is i introduced you i always introduce the guests and yeah. like give them a moment to hey here's uh you know plug yourself whatever you're doing I never introduce myself. <laughs> oh, yeah. My vlogs start off and I'm like, hey, guys, I'm here with this person and we're doing this today. And I forget to be like, hi, I'm Josh Needham. Welcome <laughs> the to the guy in charge of all this. I don't know about in charge of, but I mean, like in charge. Of I do vlog, the production. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, 
So you also have a bit of a photography background, right? Yes. Uh, I originally went to, went to college for photography. Um, I went to college twice for photography. <laughs> I did three Same semesters. school, different school? Uh, first time was the Mount. Second time was the Mount. Third time I went to Hallmark. <laughs> so that's a jump. That's definitely yeah. a start near go far. Yeah. Their, uh... <laughs> well, 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 the thing is it was in two different decades. When I was back in 1994 when I first went to the Mount, it was just film photography. You know, if you wanted to do trick shots, you had to sit there and play in the light, in the dark room, you know, shading here, shading there. You know, you wanted a vignette. What you did is you literally put your hand in the middle and you let the outsides get a little bit too dark and overexposed and it just – it was – Weird things. Really old school Photoshop. Yeah. yeah. Before everything just became a click and drag and set, yeah. your, set your thing. Exactly. Um, second time I went to the Mount, which was in 2001, it was digital photography was being introduced. So they were doing both mediums. Bob Mayer wasn't teaching a lot of digital photography at the time. He was still teaching primarily film. Um, and then when I went to Hallmark in 2003, that was mostly digital but they still, it was 50-50, and they wanted you to do all your projects on film, not digital. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard uh, with, because Fitchburg State does a film and video production program that I, you know, a lot of people have told me about because that's what I went to the Mount for. They're like, oh, just go to Fitchburg State, get your bachelor's, uh, which I had thought about. I've talked to a few people who've gone to Fitchburg State, and they say that one of the first things they do when you go to Fitchburg State for film and video production is they have you record and edit on an original reel-to-reel -reel system so you can understand where the medium came from, which yeah. I think is really important. You know, uh, our, one of our favorite vloggers, Pete McKinnon, has brought that up with how, you know, with memory cards and whatnot, you go out, you shoot off a thousand rounds of mm. photos and you don't worry about it because if you don't like it, you delete them. With film, you had like, what, 24 shots maybe? Yep. And you'd have to go out and really think about it because otherwise you're buying more film. You're paying to get that developed. Mm -hmm. It wasn't as... Uh, as just go and do. It forced you. It forced you to really not only just prepare, but really think about what you're preparing. Because I felt like it, like it isn't Fitchburg State, obviously, but like when me when we used to do video stuff at our mountain classes, I always felt like they were trying to like they were trying to get you to prepare. That was always Jim saying like prepare your shots, get your shots ready in your head. But the thing is, it's kind of hard to do that when you when, like if you're like like one th if it's one thing if you like guys do photography, it's easy. It, I don't want to say it's easier for you guys, but like you know you this is what you want to do, so it's it's easier for you to come up with your shots. But I feel like that medium really helps you prepare because it's one thing to prepare the shots in your head. But if you just don't know what you're looking for, it's impossible to prepare. If you don't know what you're putting into your shot list, yeah. then you're not going to make a good shot list no matter how many times you just try and you fail. Can, and you can prepare your shot list all the time. But if you don't have any if you don't have any ideas into your shot list, then what's the point? It's You're just preparing for nothing. You're preparing to further waste time. A lot of it is actually like it's practice, which we never really got in the class because it was a lot of, yeah, here's some camera equipment. Go shoot some stuff. Yeah, um, <laughs> exactly. And we were like left to our own devices for the most part, which at times you learn a lot. But it doing that every day kind of ruins it. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it, the problem was we never took any of it to edit. Yes. And the thing that I found with my own vlog work as well as uh, my own work for anything else that I've done video wise, uh, I'll go to a convention. Like I went to another anime convention, 2016, took a lot of sweet video, uh, got some photos of cosplayers, got some shots of cosplayers. And there were two major things that I didn't pick up from college that I wish that I had or wish that they had taught. One was interactions with people that you're filming or photog uh, photographing or whatever it is, yep. because they don't really give you 
like I can frame up a cosplayer and have them in a decent like slow-mo shot, but giving direction like, okay, I want you to start over here, walk over here, look in that direction. And when I get to this point, that's the end of the shot. Hold that for three seconds. We're done. And that's all I need out of you. Like being able to communicate with the talent is something that we didn't really go over. Yeah, it was it was give them a model release form, make sure they get a signature and you're good. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Now, when I, I was at the Mount, Tony Cherubini was very insistent on the talent is half the battle. Definitely. Really is. It, it, you got the editing, you have your shots, you have your cameras, you have your lights, but you also have the prop. You have to have the right talent. They don't have to look good. They don't have to be handsome or pretty or anything. But they have to perform what you need them to perform. They have a duty. Their duty is to be the talent. And they have to do what you say. And he was really big on make sure your talent is very aware of what you want. You know, if you have to give them, I mean, they have a script, but they also need to know where to stand. Set up your markers. How do you want them to stand? Set them up, set them up with a pose. You got to get all that stuff out of the way because there's always the little details. You get all the little details together, the big details take care of themselves in the end. Yeah. And I think a lot of it, too, that I've had to learn with um, the few people that I've had in here to do voice work for some of the things I've worked on is um, letting them kind of run with the first take on their own and then being like, OK, take that. But I need you to put more inflection here. I need to like really get that you're feeling this emotion at this point. So like bring that out and then kind of going from there, because I feel like there's there's too much of a a push. I don't know if it's a modern society type thing or what it is to like someone does something. And you're like, Oh no, that was great. That was perfect. One take. We did it. You've never voice acted before, but like one take and you got it. So uh, that's a little off topic, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, kind of trailing our way back into the process of getting started. I something I actually wanted to talk to you about since you're uh, Jamie, since you're just starting up, yep. uh, you've got a couple videos up now and we've kind of been working on like how to put things together and you're going to have to get back into digital editing. But I know for me, and Watson and I were talking about this a little earlier, uh, everyone on YouTube, if you're trying to start a channel, the biggest thing they talk about is consistency mm -hmm. and be consistent. But few people, until the other day when Maddie dropped his uh, hour-long live stream where he was talking about should you daily vlog. Mm -hmm. And I was expecting that to go in a totally different direction than it did because I know daily vlogging worked really well for Casey Neistat. Mm -hmm. um, but he's the only one that I know that... Like every time they talk about daily vloggers, there's a few channels that have done it. They've been really successful with it because you're putting out that kind of consistent content. But unless you're unemployed and have a lot of free time and can afford the software and everything, like that's not really a realistic goal for most people. I know when yeah. I was doing a daily Let's Play, that was burning me out really quick. Mm -hmm. I did a month of that and I was like, I can't. I can't keep up with this. Not when you and work hold a full-time job. job, no. So where you're just starting up your channel and getting things going, do you feel any of that pressure? Of like, oh my god, I need to be consistent and it has to be at this un unreasonable rate. Or do you think you've had a reasonable goal set up for yourself? Um, I've just been taking it slow because I do work two jobs. Yeah. You know, I'm a new dad. So <laughs> that takes like, that that's, takes that's a full-time job all in You've got itself. a couple different lives going on as it is. <laughs> yeah. Like. So I've just been taking my time. I've not been like consistent in putting out, you know, any type of content right now. Um I've only got a couple of videos up, you know, one of them was just in the middle of a snowstorm. I'm like, Hey, let's vlog. You know, that was about it. You know? And the other one was, you know what? I'm going to drive and I'm going to explain to people why I want to start doing this. And that's how it started. Now that was like six weeks ago. I need to be more consistent. I understand this, but it's hard. It's really oh, hard. For sure. Especially in your kind of a position, you know, where you've got so much else going on. 
And you're like, I can't just up and quit one or both jobs for the sake of pursuing this if mm-hmm. it's not, you know, because then you, then you put too much focus, I think, on I have to make money at this in order to justify what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things that like making any sort of an income is something you build over time. It's oh. not something you can just jump right into. Well, th- that's another thing is, you know, some people say, well, you know, I, I don't want to monetize my YouTube. True. I, I tell those people, you know, what, monetize your YouTube just in case. Who knows? Yeah. One day might the right person might look at this and say, oh, my God, look at this and send it to a thousand of their friends who watch this video and they send it to another thousand of their friends and then they watch the video. You know, and it just becomes exponential. All these people suddenly watching this video. So to me, I tell you to monetize your YouTube like mine is. It doesn't hurt to try. You know, I've got two videos and I monetized my channel, even yeah. though I can't do anything. I don't have enough views or anything. I'm not going to get any money from it. You know, the hardest part is watching my language. <laughs> I am a teamster. Yeah. See, for, <laughs> we, we, we talked about this we, earlier. Yeah. I even, I even um, asked you, what's our rules for swearing? Yeah, he AV said, what's the, what's the rules for <laughs> AV Underground? Uh, I've actually put, because I marked our podcast explicit on for iTunes, Google Play, mm-hmm. Podbean, everywhere, every platform we're on. Because in my opinion, and this is more of a recent thing where I started working out closer to Boston and, you know, people make fun of the fact that you go out to Boston and everyone's just dropping F-bombs left and right. No, they're absolutely accurate. Yeah, no, it's 100% People true. do it out here and like, I feel like there's more people out in this area of the state that are like, watch your language than there are out there. You <laughs> Which see is like surprising. CEOs just going around like, ah, oh, what the fuck's going on? Huh? <laughs> and like no one bats an eye when they're, it's, it's awkward. Like it was just starting off, it was awkward sitting in a like cafe full of business professionals and just hearing it go back and forth. And I'm like, wow, okay. <laughs> Maybe that will fit of, in here. It's part of that Boston lingo. <laughs> but no, I was telling uh, Watson that the second episode that we had done uh, where we interviewed Joe, he, he had asked me that, like, what is the demographic for this podcast? And then, you know, because I had said, I had said retarded at some point during the podcast. <laughs> Because, you know, we grew up in Central Mass and just, <laughs> we grew up in like the late 90s, to early 2000s. That was just the thing before it became, you know, politically incorrect to yeah. say. And it, old habits die hard. So I was like, nah, I'm just going to go ahead and drop a disclaimer on these podcasts and be like, yeah, uh, if you're offended by language, just don't. <laughs> but um, actually, going back to the consistency question that I asked you, Jamie, for me, I'm also just starting out too. I'm not doing YouTube, but I'm doing I'm doing the podcast, and like I'm gonna like delve into other things. But for me, my number one thing going into it was always consistency as well. But the thing that, especially today, because I've been thinking about it, I'm talking with Josh. But the thing that I've realized it's it is consistency, is it? But it's the level of consistency you want. I feel mm-hmm. people don't understand. They like they're like, oh, I have to be consistent, and then they get pressured by the whole every day. We got to mm-hmm. do it every day, and like that's that's what like what you were talking about earlier, where. I feel there needs to be more of a thing that consistent can be a month. Consistent can be a month, a video a month. Consistent can be a video of six weeks. Mm-hmm. And like, I just feel, I feel, is it, is it that you feel like you already have your level of consistency or are you still searching for your level? I'm of still searching. Yes. Like I have a goal. My yeah. goal is right now, once a week. Once I get to that point, I can see if I can do more, you know, see if I can juggle my schedule a little bit better. Um, but my, my, my biggest thing is because it's a dual medium with YouTube, you know, it's visual and audio. Yes. So, you know, you've got twice the editing to do. You got to make sure your shots are right. Like I've been doing straight shots, just holding my phone out, looking at it, talking to it, you know. But with, when it comes to the actual content, 
you know, I don't know what my brand is going to be yet. I haven't quite figured that out yet. You know, um, people are like, well, what are you talking about? Life stuff. Anything, you know, yeah. I'm like, if you watch a video, drop a question in the comments and the next video, I answer it and maybe we'll see what, what happens. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. Know? See where it evolves from there. Don't, don't bottleneck yourself into something right off the bat and be like, oh no, I do this. Cause then if you want to change it up later, then you feel like, oh, I'm not being true to me. We talked about that. Was it? Would never make the varsity. first the first week that we did this episode, uh, this podcast, you and I were talking about because you were thinking about changing up your intro music. Yes. And I was like, just do it. You know, uh, the number of times and I was thinking about this the other day when I had uh, Annabelle did the WYDG logo for our podcasting network. I love it. I want this like on on shirts, on billboards, on hats, on everything. <laughs> just like it is gonna, a beautiful. It's, logo. it's a really nice. It's clean. It's professional looking. And I dig it. But and. And I was talking about it with Jeff a little bit and uh, we we made some minor tweaks to get it to where it is. And I was like, you know what? It's this looks really good for now and we can always change it again later. Like, yeah, dude's been running since the end of 2014 between the website, the YouTube and all that. I was like, we've changed our logo three or four times already. And th this was like, I think, number four that we changed because the first one was a hand drawn one that I had Annabelle scan in and colorize. The second one was her touching that up digitally and remaking it. That was when we had our logo designed like a controller. Yeah. And then we yeah, went yeah, from yeah. that to the brackets, the curly braces. Mm -hmm. And then now we're on the WYDG. So I was like, if there's one thing I know, it's like it's completely fine to rebrand yourself every now and again and change things up. It's yeah. called evolving. Exactly. So uh, cool. back on your consistency topic, though, like I'm, I'm trying to do the same thing, get into the once a week. Ideally, it's just I don't know it. It's been a struggle for me, but because like the thing is too with consistency is I feel like I feel like there needs to be a way that you can get consistency, but also kind of throw it off in the same way. Not in the sense that I'm saying that like you should do months and months of doing it every week and then one week just randomly decide, hey, yeah, I don't want to do it this week. I mean, is like I don't want consistency to, like my consistency to throw somebody off if I decide like just for example, like I do usually half an hour, an hour podcast once a week. I don't want people randomly, maybe on a Thursday morning, the biggest sports news of the world's happen. I don't want people to get thrown off if I decide, you know what, what if I throw together a quick 20, 15, 20 minute episode? Because I don't want people to think like, oh, is he going to start doing these quick episodes every week? And like, like, that's kind of my thing is you, there has to be a level of consistency, but I also feel like I don't want, like, I also feel with content creators, it's talked about so much with consistency that I don't want people to get pushed like into a corner with consistency. Like, I feel like you can evolve with it as well. Whereas there's other ways you can, you don't have to, I like, I'm kind of losing my words for it, but like, there's a way where I feel you can be consistent while also trying different things, not locking yourself into a certain brand. Yeah. As long as you have that, as long as you have that one consistent thing, it allow, I feel like it allows you to do other things as, as far as a content creator. My biggest thing right now is um, not putting more pressure on myself like mental pressure than I really need to. It's the worst. Um, which is why I'm really glad that Jamie, that you and I are kind of working together on stuff because mm -hmm. you have a very, um, this sounds really fun. I'm going to do this because it's fun. Whereas my brain gets so technical on things sometimes that it's hard for me to pull myself out of that. You know, like I put so much pressure, like, uh, if I was say, if I was at a point where I'm doing a vlog a week and I've been doing that for a few weeks, my brain's already going, yeah, you know, if you really wanted it, you'd be doing it every day. You know, if you really wanted it, you'd be pushing harder. And that's not necessarily the case. It's just like, I'm still new. I'm still starting. But that's another thing, like, you know, getting people, surrounding yourself with the type of people that really inspire you and move you to do what you want to do. 
Mm-hmm. So thanks for being there. Oh, no problem. No problem. Um, like when it comes to content, like the other day, you guys were talking about stuff and I was just like, huh. It was, I think it was your vlog you, you did the other day. We were commenting on from our two different pages. Oh, yep. Yeah. I think that's a good idea that we should start just like doing quick vlogs in all the big cities in New England. Hartford, yeah. Providence, Worcester, that's Springfield, cool Boston, oh, God, I Montpelier, hate Hartford so much. I'm such a salty Hartford podcast. Uh, salty Hartford vlog. <laughs> not a not a Connecticut guy, Josh, huh? I'm not. Because my only experiences with Hartford is driving through five o'clock traffic in the heart of Connecticut. Ooh. And as soon as you hit from New York to Connecticut, as soon as you hit that line that says welcome to Hartford, yeah, you're traffic welcome stops. to hell. Is what traffic stops, yeah. that's it. And they've got their stupid highways with like four lanes and there's an exit on either side, and you're not sure which lane you should be in. And then all of a sudden, like, I'm like, I'm going to stay in the far right lane. That way, if my exit comes up, I can just hop off. But then it's like, nope, nope. These the two lanes are exits now. And they go in different directions. This one's a double helix with a loop to loop. I hope you can have enough momentum to keep you on the road. <laughs> I hate the highways in Providence or in uh, Hartford. Hartford. Um, <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say, but it brought me it brought me to something else. Like what you guys were just saying with the whole like I kind of just got the gist of it, like collaborating about taking vlogs in major cities. But it kind of reminds me of what? The famous, the great, the name you'll be hearing a lot on this podcast, Jim O'Connell was talking to us <laughs> in um, our video class about when we were like, remember like we spent like those couple weeks really getting into VR for some reason and we were talking about VR. Yeah, that's because he was, he's an alum for those that don't know. Uh, Jim O'Connell was our video professor. At, the most interesting man on the world. Oh my God, he's got so many <laughs> great stories. Uh, he's actually agreed to come on the podcast in the future, Ooh. but at the time he's an alum from uh, Emerson. Yeah. So he's been to one of the best schools potentially in the country for film. And Don't at the time when they were talking about VR is because they were doing a, like a master class at Emerson on VR and how it should be, how it can properly be used because they have the tech, the time and the knowledge there to do so. Which also side note, I want to point out before it happens uh, next weekend or no, by the time you hear this, it'll be a few days ago um, that Ready Player One dropped. As of recording this, we're still about a week away yeah. from Ready Player One coming out. I've gone, I'm on my second run through on the book, and I feel like as soon as that drops, you're going to see a rekindled interest in VR. It's extremely, it's just going to, that's all anyone's going to be talking about is I got to go out and buy an HTC Vive. I got to buy a VR headset. And there's a company out in California that is developing proprietary software right now for a, a haptic glove. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm really pumped about. But <laughs> the old Nintendo Power Glove. Let's oh, go. Oh god. It almost looks <laughs> like that, but it because it's got this big phone. Oh, okay. Oh. It's got this big like <laughs> bunch of workings and everything on the back of it that runs the whole glove. So yeah. it's, it's ridiculous right now. VR. But, but but like just going on with like what you said, like with clap like I think Jim had a really good idea about the whole like going to like there's so many places. And this kind of goes on a random topic that me and you have about like why like how Western Western Mass is kind of like an untapped place. His whole idea of like going around to like different mountaintops, like different places in Mass where you get a good view and doing like putting like I can't remember. I'm forgetting how he described it, but using the VR technology to where you could like make certain places for people to just sit. Yeah, like and you capture it and, and then you can share that with other people. Like when he was saying that in class, I was like, that is a genius idea. Like, <laughs> Well, they had that option with my drone. Yeah. I can to do a full VR. 360? Yeah. Put it, put the really? helmet on and run the remote. <laughs> I didn't know. I know that. what we're doing. <laughs> um, Drones in yeah, the car if you want to fly it. Today, another, oh, heck yes. Uh, another thing that Jim had brought up too was he was always pushing travel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially to Canada. 
because he was like, <laughs> he, where he we live in Gardner, Montreal. he's like, Gardner, you could have breakfast in Gardner, drive four hours north to Canada, and you could have lunch in Canada in a cafe. And he's like, the culture up there is so different. And I think that's what makes, uh, as when it comes to vlogging and why I, I haven't, that's my hard part with my consistency and my one once a week is traveling is difficult because I'm, I'm tied up on cash. So I have to worry about like gas and everything else. Also, I don't know a lot of the good travel spots yet. But that's, I think that's a lot of it, just exploring. Yeah. Uh, but I also think that's what makes travel vlogs so interesting is that when you take someone who's used to their environment and you put them in a new environment, then not only is that something that's potentially new for your viewers, but they also get to experience how excited you are about, oh my God, look at this view, look at this tree, look at this light. Like I can see the sunrise out over there on the horizon and it's amazing and check this out. And so there's a lot of genuine excitement. Whereas, you know, I've, been in Gardner for so many years that everything here is just the Wendy Gardner. The Wendy's can only get so exciting with Gardner. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> it's true. But I, like I was saying in our, our first episode, and Jamie had to correct me <coughs> correct me later that we are no longer the largest chair in the country. Yeah. Oh, we but aren't? No. no. There's a bigger one down south. Oh, damn it. Yeah. But, you know. Then what are we even good that, for anymore? Having a chair of that caliber in your town and like not... I like it doesn't yeah. it's not something that I've thought oh let me go and share that with the world we like I drove by it every single day on my way to classes and I think literally I think like once out of all those times I was like oh wow that chair is huge <laughs> like, this is, wow, wow. like wow have we're... you seen Detour of oh, Detour Gardner? Gardner? No, it's, on my, it's on my personal channel I'll have, oh no yeah I did yes I did I know what we're talking about like all the major it. buildings <laughs> in Gardner have chairs on them <laughs> what well, was also cool though going around with like because you know a lot of the history of Gardner so it was nice to get some insight. I don't know that stuff. Yeah. All I can do is like, yeah, this used to be here, and now it's just uh, this homeless guy sleeps here. So like, <laughs> that's great. Here's a here's one of the restaurants in Gardner that's still in business for some reason, but I've never been there. Um, or like Rainy Day Books, the bookstore that oh, I'm told yeah. is only open when it's raining, which sounds like it's a cover for something. Yeah, but <laughs> that's I feel mattress. I'm not gonna the world's <laughs> biggest cover, but that's another story. <laughs> oh jeez, <laughs> look, I'm not I'm not gonna point fingers here. At, you know, local businesses, but. I'm also really excited for next month. Uh, Gardner Game Nights opens up. It's a like Magic the Gathering trading card. Oh game. yeah, yeah, yeah. Game shop that's coming to Gardner. This. Yeah. Now yeah. see, there's there, there's a content idea for you. Oh yeah. Get a hold of the I've owner. I've already got a hold say, of the owner. Yeah. Say hey, yeah. On your opening day, would you mind if I vlogged your store? Oh yeah, that'd be something. I want to get in there and like free sponsorship. You know, basically, they don't, they don't see. I say that, but I don't yeah. have like I don't have the viewership that would really help them. <laughs> but yeah, but the thing is, you put a yeah dude card up in there. And you're a gamer vlogger from here in Gardner, a store here in Gardner. You can build your base right there. Yeah. I, know, I, I used to leave stuff. I, I used to market myself through the GameStop in Gardner, but that that only did so well. <laughs> but yeah, so kind of moving on from there. Um, I had asked Watson the first week. And I'm going to ask you, what do you feel right now starting out is like your biggest challenge with technology? Technology. <laughs> okay. That's an interesting one. The technology. Well, you got to get, when I went to college the first time, when we were doing video, it was all reels and yeah. you're sitting there and you're spinning the dials. Oh, wait, 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 back, 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 back. You know, now it's like you take the mouse, you click it, and I'm looking at these things going, looking at all these buttons, all these toggles, all these pull downs, all these lookup tables, and I'm like, I think I just blew a gasket. You know, There's my brain, so much. my brain's leaking out my left yeah. ear. 
I will say you're going to be a lot happier that you uh, went with Premiere than like something like Avid. Absolutely. <sighs> Avid is like the Dead Sea Scrolls of video editing. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, but all the major cinematic. Yeah, all the yeah. Hollywood people are using Avid. They have to for all the stuff they need. Yeah. Special effects. And- but, I mean, when it comes to, I've known like television productions and, you know, most people on YouTube are using something like Premiere. Premiere, yeah. Yeah. Because it's it's both easy and it's got a lot of power behind it. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah, that, that's my biggest thing that's kind of holding me back is technology. Um, oh, and trying to find the time. As we mentioned, I work two jobs. I'm a new dad. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's, like- it's hard to find the time. Like. I, I'm lucky this week. I'm on ma- I'm on vacation from my second job for a whole week, hmm. so I expect content this week. I expect me going out doing some B-roll, maybe taking a day or two off from my day job, and just taking off somewhere, you know, just find some place, and fly the drone on a beach. Oh heck yeah! Over the White Mountains, something like that. Like you're you're especially because like. Like, when did you start your YouTube channel exactly? I, I don't know for sure. Like About two months ago. About two months ago. So, yeah. Like, you're definitely, like, you're definitely, like, as someone who's also starting out, it's an interesting stage right now because, like, you literally can do anything. I can do anything. A- absolutely anything. And, like, that's, mm-hmm. like, I, like, that's kind of, like, what I'm doing right now is, like, I kind of have a, l- a good amount of time on my hands right now, luckily. Well not, well, not luckily, but I have a good amount of time on my hands right now. So, like, that's kind of my thing. Every time I come up with an idea, whether it's whatever it is, like, just do something, add anything because I'm in a workshop stage right now. And I feel it's a very, just a very interesting mm-hmm. stage to be in because you can wake up any day and, like, oh, I'm going to add this to my channel, add that to my channel. Mm-hmm. But, like... I feel, do you feel it's actually, do you feel that makes your chant more difficult because there's a lack of focus or, oh, no. or you, so you feel it? No, no, creatively? no. The way, I, the way I see it, I can be as creative as I want right now. Exactly. I can do whatever the heck I want. If I want to do a vlog on a cow crossing the street, here it is. Mm-hmm. There's a vlog of a cow crossing the street. If I want to do a vlog about a new brewery like the River Six Brewery in Fitchburg recently opened. Yeah. If I want to do a vlog there, hey, give them a call. Would you mind if I vlogged in there? You know, it's free free PR for you. Yeah. Here I go. You know? Right now, it's not just the doors open to crack. The door is wide open. And I just gotta step through it. Yeah, because yeah, you don't have to feel like anyone is really expecting anything of you. I have zero expectations. Yeah. And that you, makes me free to do whatever the hell I want. You don't have want. to worry about posting <laughs> a vlog it. about a cow crossing the street and having people go like, what the hell is this? This isn't what I came to your channel for. Well, I know my name's a moose, but hey, the cow does go moo. <laughs> <laughs> Put that in on the end. <laughs> but, Coffee but, and a moo. But I feel like I feel like because we, we did talk about this earlier and I feel like you bring it up an interesting point. And like I don't know, maybe it might just I it feel it could be anyone, but I feel it may be just like a different it differs just an age group. I feel like me and you, Josh, you like I'm I'm not trying to say if I'm wrong, like correct me, but like I feel like me and you put way too much added pressure on that. And it kinda like occasionally me and you put way too much added pressure on that to the point where we don't let ourselves get like the door like me and you will see the door wide open and me and you instinctively be like yes we got to go through that door but the minute we step through that door we're like yeah let me close it let me think about it a little bit and like i kind of feel like me and you as different content creators well not i don't want to say different but younger content creators we put way too much pressure on ourselves and i feel that's what prevents a lot of people like our age from starting out definitely and I, i actually i'm glad you brought that up because i wanted to talk about something that uh, as someone who's just starting out and talking about that mental pressure that you put on yourself, yeah. uh, something that has really been an epiphany for me over the last few weeks. I'm going to pre- preface that with uh, a quick story as to 
what drives me, what motivates me. So I had I'd done a lot of thinking about it because I never really sat down and thought, like, why am I so motivated to, to make stuff? Because I, if I know the why, I feel like I'll have a better idea of, like, what direction I really want to head in. Because, like, I want to make videos. But when I was making Let's Plays, my heart's not in it. Like, I like playing games. And there are certain games that I'm, I play and I'm like, I need to share this with people. Like The Fall. So I did a playthrough of The Fall. I put that up during my one month of a video every day. That was a fun game. And yeah. I was super into it. But after after I got done with that, after I got done with Red Strings Club, I was like, there's nothing that jumps out to me right now. And I don't want to just start playing games for, you know, their meme factor or whatever yeah. to try and gain views because that's not what it's about. Yeah, you don't ever want to get down that hole because you'll never get out. And the thing that I realized really drives me is that I, I want to be able to say that I've done everything I can do with my life. You know, by the time I'm like, however old I am, when I'm lying in my deathbed, I'd rather look back and be like, I tried. I'm I'm empty right now because I've given everything I could give to the world and so well, i'm just trying to try everything that's the thing if you're on your deathbed and you're saying i'm empty well then you didn't try hard enough you want to be fulfilled by this that's true um you know that i mean that is true. i don't want to get philosophical on this but the whole point of this is it's a, it's a passion right it's something that interests you and you know you guys were talking about how you guys overthink it and get technical stop getting technical get out of your own head get out of your own head say. Have fun with it. If you're not having fun with it, exactly. then you're doing it wrong. Like that's why you quit doing the the one a days because it wasn't getting it wasn't yeah, any it more wasn't fun. fun anymore. Um, if it's not fun, you shouldn't do it. And I've got so much of that in like the I feel like I have an 80 year old steel mill worker that lives in my head. Who's that? You know, the people that are like, if you're not working 80 hours a week, how's your part time job? Yeah, like those kind of people. And that not standing, you're not working. And that kicks in when I really don't need it to kick in. So. But that was what I, when I realized my passion and what was really driving me to like create everything that I could to try everything. And so I was like, I need to start doing more and more things. And I put a lot more pressure on myself than I should have to the point where I felt like every waking moment needed to be spent making something. Joe and I talked about this when I had him on the show that he when he started out with his artwork, he was just. I'm going to lock myself in a dark room. I'm not going to consume media. I'm not going to watch cartoons. I'm not going to read anything. I'm not going to listen to anything. All I'm going to do is vomit creativity through my arm, his words. Uh, <laughs> That's a great one. And provide, give to the internet. And he's like, and that works for a very short time. And then you get really burnt out because you can only do that for so long. Yeah. And I got really burnt out after my one month. And then I was trying to do it three days a week where I was doing videos. And my heart started like I wasn't in it. That's because you weren't out there getting inspiration for it. Right. And at the same time, it was it was keeping me busy, but it was keeping me just busy enough to not really focus on the things I was passionate about. And because of that, I started becoming like really withdrawn because I was like, I need to put this pressure on myself and I don't want to put that pressure on anyone else because it's not fair. So I start shutting myself in and shutting people out. And, you know, I got into a couple of conversations with Jeff about it because he notices, obviously, Jeff and I hang out a lot and Sarah as well. And I'm like, I, I realize it. I realize that I'm becoming cold and shut out and I get into those modes where I'm like, I can't have fun. I can't relax. I can't yeah. take a day off and watch bad movies. I need to be creating all the time Wrong. until the point. And exactly. Wrong. So that's why I said like until just recently when I was like, all right, you know what? Schedule Let's Plays done. I finished the series I was working on. So it's not like an open ended thing. But for now, that's done. I'm focusing on the podcast because that's where like both this week in gaming AV Underground and working with you on Never Made Varsity, like that's where my passion is right now. Yeah, this is the one thing that it's it's consistent, and I work get to work with other people, and 
it's so much part of my life right now that I, I have a great time doing this. So I was like, I'm just going to focus on the podcast and trying to get my vlog going. And that's why it's been so big for me. You know, you try and surround yourself with people. They have that the 20% rule that you emulate the five people you spend the most time around. Yeah. Uh, well, I call it the 20, 20% rule. But and so I started thinking a lot about like the people that I'm hanging around. And are they the people that are encouraging me to do what I want to do? Or are they the people that are like, yeah, but, you know, that's a lot of work. You could just not. <laughs> and this is the part of podcast. Those Josh are the people that you don't want to hang out with. Exactly. You don't want to be the naysayers. You need to surround yourself with a positive, supportive people. The people that are going to say, hey, go for it. What, you need help? Exactly. Go for it. What, you need a new mic? Your mic broke? Oh, you're short on cash. I got 20 I can let you borrow if it'll help you. You know, those are the people you want because they just invested in you or they're willing to invest in you. Yeah. They're willing to believe in you. That's who you surround yourself with. Always. <laughs> and it's a, it's a big thing too, getting yourself with those people that understand when you when you do need help like that, that you're not just like some beggar who's going to keep using. You're not yeah. a user basically of uh, of people's help, but it's kind of a, it's like a little community where you guys help each other. And I love that you had sent me the video that uh, was it a Pete McKinnon video. Yeah, it was uh, Dope Gang. Oh yeah, the Dope Gang. They're in City Hall in Toronto. Yeah, and it was uh, Maddie and Chris and Peter. And they were all hanging out and they were talking about that same exact thing and talking about building the network, surrounding yourself with people that are also into it, people that like bring you up. And well, they, those guys help each other on their vlogs all the time when they're out. They do. And it shows, you know, they're it's one of them holding the camera for Peter when he's doing one of his shots and it's moving. It's one of them. It's either Maddie or Chris, sometimes his wife. In the lemon video, it was his wife. <laughs> but <laughs> um I've been watching a lot of those Peter McKinnon videos. I've been watching a lot of Maddie's videos, a lot of, watching a lot of Chris's videos. Casey's videos are just – those are abstract sometimes. Casey is but inhuman. Awesome. I'm not even going to – like he is an unattainable level of I don't even understand because he did three solid years of a daily vlog while starting a company mm -hmm. and still Damn. having two kids and his wife. Jeez, I didn't realize he did that much. <laughs> yeah, he started Beam and that got bought out by CNN, I believe. Hmm. And Ooh. Yeah, and now he's like <laughs> sponsored by Samsung for most of his stuff because mm -hmm. Samsung wants to drive home that they're trying to make tools for creators as well, yeah. which I love. We're not sponsored by Samsung. This podcast isn't sponsored by anyone. We say whatever the hell we want. <laughs> but um, but I am a fan of like that whole mindset. When you take a tech company that has the kind of backing like Samsung and they're like, we want to make products that work for end users, people making vlogs, people making video content. So they, you know they're putting that in there. Samsung's people get really out pissed with the DSLR. Oh, man. That'll be... That'll be interesting. I'll, I'll definitely check it out. Well, think about the technology they have in cell phones. Yeah. The camera in, the cell, in my cell phone is better than like a cheap DSLR. Really yeah. Is. It's insane it, what it they is, can do with yeah. phones at this point. I mean, even Jim was impressed because, you know, back, shot, back to Professor O'Connell. He, uh, he works for a news station. I'm not going to drop the news station's name. Just I don't want to single him out too much. Yeah. But um, he works for a broadcast news station. And... When he brought up in the, in our class, he's like, you don't need expensive equipment anymore. He's like, you can have an, an iPhone 7 and above takes broadcast quality video. Mm -hmm. He's like, you could take that stuff and be a stringer and essentially just get like your footage from your phone to a broadcast TV station and they will pay you for it. Like yeah. it's that good of quality at this point. Not like back in the day when uh, I used to do videos on uh, I used to have a BlackBerry. <laughs> curve. Oh, man. Oh. 
Yeah, the good old days. <laughs> what were you thinking? Uh, I was thinking the only other smartphone out at the time was an iPhone, and I didn't want an iPhone. Yeah, iPhones were arm and a leg back then, which they still uh, are. But Then Android dropped, and I've been with Android since 2.1, yeah. which is not the beginning, but it's pretty darn close. Yeah. But anyway, back on the, on track somewhat. Um, I shot my final project with my iPhone for a video yeah, that's, class. That's been a big thing for me was uh, was realizing, kind of taking a step outside of myself and knowing that I'm putting too much pressure on myself and it's it's imaginary pressure because I, I it's weird when you can step outside yourself and look at yourself and be like, you're an insufferable bastard. <laughs> you are difficult to be around. Why would anyone want to hang out with you? Welcome to New England. And <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Pretty much. Maybe it's all the snow we've been getting. <laughs> it's just like put me in that mood. Uh, but I was like, every second needs to be needs to be something. And just know starting out, like, have fun with it. Mm -hmm. And don't get discouraged. Yeah. And the reason I'm saying that is because you mentioned snow. We just had that nor'easter that hey. dumped a footprint's worth of snow. Well, I decided <laughs> it was like to one cup of snow. Yeah. I, did, I decided to vlog that morning and I accidentally deleted the footage. <sighs> Oh, no. I was like, look at this. We just had a massive nor'easter. Look at the snow. I aimed the shot down at my foot, stomped and made a footprint, and went, I don't know how I'm going to survive. And I went out and got milk and bread, milk and bread, milk and bread last night. And then later on, I was looking at it, and I, I went to go. I was just playing with it, and I ended up accidentally hitting delete, and I went, no! Uh, as a side note, me, so as, as a side note, you are running an S8. Uh, check your Google. Go to photos.google.com. Most of the time, a lot of the Android devices are set to automatically back up any footage or videos that you take to your Photos account. I found a lot of footage that I accidentally deleted or um, mm -hmm. just stuff that's no longer on my phone because I've switched devices or what have you. And it's all stuff that's cataloged within my Google Photos. Well, I'll have to go so, look at that. It's worth checking out. But I was just, oh, no, no, no. See, technology, technology. I just, <laughs> uh, gotcha. When you're yeah. an older guy, you just, you look at technology and go, hey, my day. That's actually another thing I wanted to talk about with you because, I mean, you see a lot of content creators that are getting started on YouTube and a good handful of them, I'll say, are probably within like the 12 to 18 year old range. It's a lot of younger kids that are getting mm -hmm. into it because this is just how, this is the day and age we grow mm -hmm. up in. For someone like yourself that, you know, when you first got into photography, you were working with film. Um, I won't drop your age on the podcast if you don't want me to. Please but, don't. <laughs> um, but did you ever, do you think to yourself like, oh, you know, it's, this is the kids thing. I'm going to not do this or no, because it's just, it's something fun you want to do. It's something fun I want to do. It. And I'm older. Yeah. But I don't see myself as my age. Yeah. You're not I'm, like retirement. I, age I'm a big kid. I just consider myself a big kid. You know, yeah, I'm mature enough to pay my bills and do do my due diligence and do my adult. Pay your bills, raise yeah. a kid. Be adult. Take care of a house. You know, <laughs> oh, I got to wake up and do the adult thing today. Here we go. But I also know that, you know, you got to be young. You got to have fun. You got to explore. Once you stop exploring and you stop expressing your curiosity, that's when you just turn into a fuddy-duddy. Yeah. That's like when you actually stop learning and you just stagnate yourself. I feel like age is another one of those one of those imaginary pressures that we put on ourselves. Cause like, mm -hmm. even as someone like I came up with a never made varsity name when I was 18 and I'm, I'm 20 now. 
So I was two years ago, I came up with Never Made Varsity and I wanted to start it two years ago and I didn't start it until three months ago. And like one of the things that I found that I was stopping myself from doing it was the whole age thing. I was like, I was like, cause like what Josh said, everyone you see that who's kind of in this, in like not in this per se, but everyone who kind of starts out with this mm-hmm. is the 12 to 18 range. And even I was sitting there thinking like, did I wait too long? Like, <laughs> I want to tell you actually, um, back when I was 16, I started getting into computers. Yeah. Uh, before I had just been like, I used Microsoft Word and that was about it because I was, I wanted to be a writer. And when I was turned 16, I got my first laptop and I really started getting into like how the system works and how the hardware functions and how to like, I want to get into programming and all this other stuff. And one of the things that fascinated me was the world of hacking. Not that I wanted to be one of these. Why isn't that surprising? I, I had that whole like, oh my God, they're like digital wizards. But I didn't understand anything about coding. Yeah. I didn't understand all that, like the stuff that you actually need to know to be a hacker. Yeah. And I, by the time I was 17, 18, I had that thought process of like, there's no point in learning now. Like most of the kids that like, I saw a video on YouTube back in its early days. And it was a kid explaining how to hack a school system, like the grade <laughs> systems for his school. Huh. And... He was, he was like, okay, so you go into the school system and you want to find yourself here. And, and he got to the point of like, okay, so in order to find myself, I'm in the sixth grade. And I was like, you're what? (laughs) (laughs) So that I was like, nope, I'm, I'm obviously too old because you feel like it's a steady upward curve of how Mm -hmm. you learn and you'll never catch up to that. But it's really an incremental exponential growth and you have that learning curve. And it's really, there was a really good TED talk given um, about, you know, the 10,000 hour rule that people talk about. 10,000 hours of dedicated practice makes you an expert in whatever it is you're doing. It's a lot of time to put into it. And a lot of people are like, I'm not going to start something if I'm not going to put that kind of time into it. Not true. Um, they, the TED talk was on the 20 hour rule. He's like, you can become like the majority of that learning curve is within the first 20 hours. And that's it. He's like, you can get pretty darn good within your first 20 hours of practice. And then the rest of it is a really slow climb. So it's not that it takes that long for you to catch up, like, which is another thing with community college going there. And you get people everywhere from, you know, 19 that just got out of high school and they're starting up. And you get people that are in their 60s and 70s yeah. that are going back to school or going to college for the first time. Yeah. And, you know, they didn't sit, wake up and be like, no, nah, you know, I'm 70 years old. I think that uh, I'm too old. I just I should just wait around and die. No, they're just going to improve they're, themselves. Yeah, they're going to learn something to improve themselves, to get out, network yep. with people, yep. whatever the case is. So that's one of the things is like that learning curve is a lot shorter than you think it is. So if, if there's anyone listening to this and you're like, no, I'm, I'm too old, I can't get into it, just do it. Yeah. Just go out and start because you're going to catch up to people faster than you think. And you then say it's kind you're, of, you're too all old, working I on say that same. BS. Yeah. And I think a lot of it too is... um with trying to keep up with technology because it evolves so quickly and where, how, how would you say so far your experience has been, you know, trying to learn the digital medium and what keeps like, do you have those moments where you're like, screw digital, why do they even do this? Or do you just kind of sit down and you're like, I'm going to learn this. I'm going to learn this. I'm going to go through and I'm going to figure it all out. Uh, latter one, I'm going to sit there. I'm going to figure this out. I'm just, like I said, technology is not my thing, you know? So, I, I, I like I, I was looking at Premiere and I'm just like, oh, <laughs> now Photoshop, I figured out Lightroom, I figured out like this because camera, just photography itself was my medium. Yeah. Now I'm sure a lot of that translates not, relatively well. Not them newfangled moving pictures. <laughs> <laughs> when did they put sound in pictures? 
Those darn Lumiere brothers. <laughs> and their freaking trains. I thought I was going to get run over. Hey, you know, that was just, what, 1865? Yeah. March 22nd. That was two days ago. Wow. Whew. In France. Man, talk about history. <laughs> but, yeah. Wow. I... I I completely like lost my yeah I did lost my Lumiere train of thought <laughs> for I had, a second. There. I had a well, I had a good but, comment and then I lost it. Well, what what it was is you were asking me, you know, if the digital technology being an older person, if it was daunting to me, and yeah, it's a little daunting to me, but it's not frustrating me because I know that there are other channels I can take. I could go buy, you know, Premiere for Dummies at the bookstore oh, or on sure. Amazon. I can come to you, my good friend, who is almost a professional. At Premiere. Because <laughs> I do you don't I quite have your 10,000 hours yet. But. I don't. I'm working on it one hour at a time. And, and the thing is, I disagree with the 10,000 hour thing being an expert. I have over 10,000 hours of being a human being, and <laughs> I still mess up. That's, that is very true. Yeah. And that's all any of us can be is just ourselves. It's true. No one can be a better you than you. Except maybe a really good psychiatrist. Psychologist. Or except this guy I met in Chinatown named you. Oh, that's yeah. He's a W. <laughs> um, <laughs> what was that? Oh, man, I lost my thought again. But uh, fine. but no, no, I did, I just came back to me. So, but because it, it, it just brought up this conversation, um, like you said, like with I feel like collaboration really helps with the whole. Like you're gonna run into frustration as a content creator, mm -hmm. like whatever it is. What with view technology, mm -hmm. with me, it's just a matter of like getting everything to feed out the right way. Like there's always gonna be a matter of frustration. Script writing, yeah. That's actually, I'm really frustrated. I get really frustrated with scripting. But anyway, um, what do you, from your experiences, what do you, like, besides just collaboration, do you have any other, like, ways that you deal with your frustration? Besides, like, besides just, like, going head first and just getting through it, do you have a way, like, are you one of those people who step away from a minute and mm -hmm. let your subconscious think about it? Or, like, yeah. 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 Well, uh, me being a smoker, you know, if I get frustrated, I go out, I have a smoke, and I think, okay, what can I do to edit this? What can I do? To make this better like i must have done 12 takes of that silly little two minute vlog i did about a nor'easter in the dark you know i set up a bunch of lights outside i turned on lights on my shed until my backyard was lit yeah. up you know i had the snow over my shoulder coming down you could see it and i was just like it took me 12 times to get that right you know and by the fifth time i went okay i'm putting the phone down smoke another cigarette calm down chill out, relax, let's try this again. And you just got to keep going. And I watched all 12 and I picked the best of 12. And that's what I did. And it turned out it was the fourth one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, 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 was, that was my creativity outlet right there. That's how I figured out what yeah. I liked. And I feel, I feel we should, I feel it's going to be, I feel like one day we're going to do just an episode all together on frustration. But like, I feel, I feel there's a difference between frustration and anger with your like I, I, maybe i'm missing terms here but i feel like i feel like the frustration that you feel as a content creator is one of those things that like you have to just get through it no matter what way you are because that's like that's like the one true impasse i feel every other impasse that you make as a content creator i feel like like we said with the imaginary pressures you make it up in your own head but i feel like the frustration is the one thing that like 
you kind of it's the one impasse that's in your way that you just need to fight through as a content creator if you're really going to go through it so i feel like just in general like an episode on the frustrations on how to deal with it is a good episode because i feel it's a it's a topic that not a lot of people really get into because it's the, it's the ugly part of content creating mm-hmm. like like you said like when me when i was doing my final for our film class when i was just i i remember you let me you loaned me a camera and a camcorder and I was using it and like, it was fine. I got a couple shots with it, but I was so frustrated with it that like, and it was due the next day. It was, I still had to edit it and everything. It was due the next day. And I just remember sitting there like staring at this frustration with this camera, being so upset with this camera, being like, I can't like, I can't get it to work the way I want it to work. Like, yeah, sure. I've got a, I've got a couple shots from it, but like, and then that's when I realized, took a minute, like you said, take a minute, walk away, however you got to do it. it looked at it and then took it. All it did was that 30 seconds for me to walk away to look at my phone and then be like, why don't I just record it on my phone and <laughs> all like that. And instantly it just frustration just snaps out of it just like that. And I don't know. I just feel like, I feel like that's one thing I actually do like hearing from other content creators is like when they get frustrated, what do they do? What happens? Mm-hmm. Cause I, that's just another thing that I feel people just, they, once they hit that mode, they just sh- shut down and they're done. Then that does, that's it for content creation. Well, that's not content creation. Exactly. That's, that's called giving up. Yes. Yeah. That's called calling it quits. <clears throat> I find my biggest, uh, biggest issue that's that faces me most of the time when I want to do something I have plenty of ideas that come to me and I jot them down um and I'm sure this is true for a lot of people the hardest part is starting Mm -hmm. the the best work that I've done is stuff that I didn't think about it at all that that day that I did the Gardner Commons commercial I I got angry on my way back in from walking Bosco I got in Mm -hmm. I didn't stop moving I took his leash off grabbed my camera went outside took some shots came in wrote a script recorded the audio put it in put the video clips over it tossed some music rendered it out done it was a one hour process but none of it did I stop and go what do I want to do here yeah I didn't plan the shots. I just went outside, recorded a bunch of stuff, came back in, threw it together, made it work. And that's the best creativity that that you have. It is. You know, a lot of too much of my stuff, especially I've had one idea that's been in my head for the last year and a half. That's just some notes that I recorded while I was on a walk one day. And in my head, I've been going over it and going over it and reworking it. And I finally like wrote up a rough script for it. And I'm hoping to get that done over the next week. I've got a few other things I want to do as well. As long as one of them gets done over the next week, I'll be happy. But in my head, I'm like, oh, no, now this this project, because I've been thinking about it for a year and a half, it needs to have like a year and a half's worth of work look yes. to the finished product, which is not true. No. So I need to just getting over that and being like, just just do it. Just go out, make it happen. If it's bad, so what? You put a video out there and everything from here on is just going to get better. Yeah. That's that's my biggest issue with the podcast is like just doing the podcast as a whole. Like my whole thing is like I don't like same thing with you. Like I'm not in a really I don't really have a specific brand right now with what I'm doing. I kind of just get the sports news I like and I talk about it. I try and get three topics and I talk about it. But my thing is, is like with me, it's there's the balance between like my technical brain but I'm the same way where every time that I've just like let myself get motivated to whatever, whatever inspires me in the area, or if I just like say, MJ, you're just going to go into this. Don't think about it. Just do it. It's the same thing. It's always becomes out the, it always comes out the right way. And for me with my podcast, I'm trying to find that balance of like, yes, you need to talk about the sports seriously. You need to report the sports seriously, but like let your personality shine through, like be a little funny, be a little stupid with it. And like, to me, like, that's so difficult to do, but it feels like that's why whenever I come in here, Josh, you see me with like either what's on my phone. Like I used to bring in a laptop, right? I now come in here with either a notebook or what's on my phone. And because I'm doing that on purpose because I'm leaving, I leave out probably 50% of the information that I should bring to my podcast. I leave it out on purpose 
so that I forces me on the spot to let my just let myself be me. And I've I learned it from my I learned that from my speech class actually because I I really like giving speeches. I really like I really like talking to a microphone. Just kind of something I've always liked. And the first time I gave a speech in that speech class, I prepped for it, I practiced it, and it bombed terrible. I got so nervous up there, I got scared, and it was the worst speech I did. And then I did three more speeches like that, same way, and they all bombed. And I was like feeling crappy on myself, like, this is what I like to do. I should be good at this. And the last speech, I didn't look at anything. I didn't even know what the topic was until we got into the class. I waited until we got into the class and until we hear the topic. And the, the the second I was done with that speech, the speech looked at me like, that was the best speech you've done all year. And I just, at that point, I tossed my hands up. And I, I feel it's a point like, it's hard to find the balance. It Like it is, because I feel there is needs to be a balance. But letting your, per like, I feel like you need to shut off that part of your brain. It's just let yourself, don't think about Definitely. yourself. Just shut it off. Don't think about yourself. Put all your thought process into how you want the format to go. But don't think about yourself. Don't think about yourself. Just let yourself happen. You know, you bring up speech class. And speech class for me was one of the most beneficial classes I had while yes, I was at it the really home. was. It was the last semester I was there. And I'm going to, oh, my God, my professor would shoot me if she heard this. But <laughs> all three speeches I did, the, the whole deal with speech class was practice, practice, mm -hmm. practice so that you don't get choked up when you're in front of a bunch of people. I am unreasonably comfortable being in front of a bunch of people. Yeah. So I I wrote out like my slides. I made a slideshow for each mm -hmm. one. I was like, okay, topic A, topic B, topic C. This is how it goes. I added some pictures. I did not write anything. I got up in front of the class. I gave a speech and I rough estimated how long I was up there for because yeah. I needed to be between five and seven minutes. And they went really, really well. Um, I wanted to actually make a, an interesting uh, analogy, if you will. So... When I was learning back at the factory with um, safety and chemicals and all that other kind of stuff, um, they were talking about if you had a gas leak in a house. Okay, so like the house is your brain mm -hmm. and the gas leak is your ideas to do stuff. So like the gas leak is going on and there's a threshold from where there's now enough gas in the house that if you spark like a match or anything, kaboom, everything goes and there's actually a point where you've got so much gas in the house that it outweighs the oxygen or displaces enough oxygen that you could light, try to light a match and just nothing's going on. Yeah. And they're like, that's why they, they say get out of the house. The fire department will come. They'll deal with it because there's a point if you were to open a window to ventilate that it's going to get back within the explosive threshold. Uh. And I think that my brain works in a similar manner that the idea starts, the leak starts and it goes into my head and then the idea is rolling and there's a threshold of I'm actually going to do this idea. Mm hmm where you think yourself into the idea and I can just as quickly think myself out of the yep. idea. And I'm like, oh, you know, it'd be a great idea is to do a video that talks about what it's like to be a creator just starting out. That'd be really great. I could get some shots. I could walk around. I could climb a mountain. I could go and fly a drone. I don't have a drone. I should buy a drone. Maybe I should get a really nice camera. I should learn to color grade. And then all it's all gone. Yep, gone. And I'm like, well, I've talked myself right out of that idea. And I need to find that like the stopping point. Yeah. And just be like, no, this is OK. Here is my my explosive creation range. I need to stop while I'm within this Before range. the house blows up. And, and I'll work on the rest of it later. But there, there's my analogy for the week. Yeah, no, I, no, I like... I don't just, think, just do. Don't let the house explode. <laughs> no, you want you want your creative, that, creativity to That should be ignite, the title of the episode. Ignite creativity. Well, the thing is, when you get those ideas, you should actually just automatically grab your camera and go do it. Don't even I think should. of it. Don't you think really of it. Should. Just go do it. And then when you get the content and you get, you get back here... Sit there and go through your content and say, what video can I make out of this? There you go. There's That's what blog. I've been trying to do lately is like, I need an exercise in storytelling. Mm -hmm. Because it, a lot of the people that do, uh, when you 
we're watching the Behind the Creators Lens series that Epidemic Sound did. Mm-hmm. And uh, I forgot her name already, but the one that was in episode Nicole two. Eddie. Nicole, thank you. She was talking about editing and doing a video for each of the days. Like, she'll do them over time. They don't need to come out every single day. But she's like, we're having three days out here. So I'm doing a video for each day because the three-act structure already exists within your day. Mm-hmm. Your day has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yep. And that's easy enough to work around. So, and trying to work the three-act structure is, it works a little differently when you're trying to tell the story of your day than it does if you're trying to write a film. Well, but, she's a huge YouTuber from Cape Town, South Africa. Yeah. And she edits everything using the editor that comes on YouTube. Hmm. <laughs> Oh God, which is her, her, actually her content's actually incredible. Yeah. A lot of it, a lot of it is exactly what they tell you when the, when we started with film school, Mm -hmm. it's the content. It's not the tools you use to make it, Mm -hmm. which is really, it's, it's a hard thing to wrap your head around starting out and eventually you end up figuring it out, but. You're, I feel like you've always got that like that techno lust of uh, I need better equipment. Imagine Actually, the things I could do. I also, with this and... I also just feel it has to do with like today's age. Like it's such a technology age. Like it's it's well, I always like whenever people say that like it's the age of technology. I'm like, well, it's always going to be the age of technology. It's the age of Aquarius. <laughs> it's it's, it's <laughs> if always you start singing. I'm walking out nope. of this room. <laughs> this is not a this is not yeah. a singing podcast. But like yeah, okay, that's just my whole thing. Like it's always going to be the age of technology. So there's always going to like you're now going to have to fight that techno lust all the time no matter like 10 years from now 20 years from now 30 years from now you're gonna have to fight that lust so i feel like if anyone like i don't know like if people ever come up to me like what's your advice the number one advice is a content creator that's what i would tell people like it's the content that matters like it really is the content. like yes make sure you know what you're doing with the tech but it's not that's not what's gonna save you in the end <laughs> yeah so that uh that actually brings us to the end of our our discussion for the day uh jamie thank you for coming out i appreciate oh, thanks you being for on having the show. me um is there anything you want to plug your channel, Instagram, whatever you would like people to find you on? Or would you like to remain a ghost? It's up to you. All three of them are just coffee and a moose. Because I love coffee and I love moose. You're a very outdoorsy type. So yeah, I'm excited to see what comes from your vlogs in the future. Uh, I was thinking about an expedition to the White Mountains this afternoon, but Ooh. that went out the window. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll leave the links to uh, Jamie's channel and all that other fun stuff down in the description below. If you want to find uh, Watson and I both have our stuff down in the description as well. And we'll be back again in another week discussing more topics. If you wanted to send us an email, you have a question. Uh, gamers at gmail.com with uh, the subject header of AV Underground. You can also email official if you want to talk to me. It's up to you. official yeah. at gmail.com. If you'd rather talk to Watson, you can, you can do that. I'm too. a much safer voice. <laughs> and wow. I would be at coffeemoose10 at gmail.com. Sweet. So thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you again in the next episode. Remember, if you're thinking about doing something creatively, just go do it. That's it. Just go do it. AV Underground is a production of YDG Studios. To find out more about our guest this week, check the links in the description. Do you have questions about getting started as a content creator that you'd like us to address in a future episode? Send us an email at yadudegamers at gmail.com with the subject line, Ask AV Underground. And we just might include your question in an upcoming episode. AV Underground is hosted by MJ Watson and Josh Needham and is produced by Josh Needham.